Welcome to episode 23 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analyst Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, our hosts are joined by our guest, Dr. Darren Sush, to discuss the topic of promoting our kids' and teens' mental health. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Will, a Rethink Division, an employer-provided digital well-being solution to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello, and welcome to our 23rd episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Hi, and I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of three. Hey, Angie. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for this podcast today. This is uh, one that I think a lot of parents really want to hear about and uh, are excited to hear about too. So we're going to kind of dive into why we're doing this topic today, child and kind of children and, and teen mental health. This is a biggie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mental health has always has always been here, has always been around, but lately it's been gaining a lot more attention. A lot more people are talking about it than ever before, which I think is fantastic. I just had a conversation with my eight-year-old actually the other day about it, and we kind of, I, I likened it to physical health. You know, we go and we get our checkups and we just make sure everything's okay with our body. Well, it's kind of the same with our brain and our mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just have to make sure that we take care of that too. So I tried to really normalize it a little bit. And um, I know Kristen, you and I have talked about just the volume of questions that we've been getting these days from the yes, parents that we work with. Definitely. And, you know, everything from, gosh, we heard about suicide rights or, you know, gosh, we, we just want to know how to take better care of our mental health at home? How do we talk about it with our kids and all that good stuff? So mm-hmm. all that to say, here we are yeah, doing this podcast. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a much needed one and it's, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet. Um, but, but here we are. And I will tell you that we also have a very special guest back by popular demand. <laughs> we had Dr. Darren Sush on episode four of our podcast, which is just so crazy that we're already on 23. Now I was looking back to see when we had him and I was like, I was like 19 or 20, right? Like it was, it wasn't that long ago and it was, no, it was episode four. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so we're so excited to have you, Darren. So if you want to just take a minute and maybe introduce yourself to those that aren't our, you know, lifelong listeners who were back in episode four and just tell us a little bit about you. Uh, so hi, so so thanks for having me back, first of all. And oh, wow, I can't believe it's been that many episodes since, <laughs> since I was on last time. You're, you're right. It, it does not feel like, I feel like we were just just chatting with each other about mm-hmm. uh, about mental health and about kids. And so appreciate being on again. Um, so I am a licensed psychologist. Uh, I'm also a, a board certified behavior analyst with a doctoral distinction. Um, been working in the field for, oh my gosh, it seems like almost 20 years at this point. Um, and working with uh, kids and individuals, some impacted by autism, others with mental health challenges and, and families across uh, a number of different uh, 
number of different venues and had the opportunity to work with a, a wide variety of, of individuals in a number of different settings. So uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about mental health and uh, always looking forward to any chance I get. So appreciate being on again. Awesome. Yeah, great. All right. Well, we've got a lot of questions for you. So yes, we'll we do. Just, we will just dive <laughs> right in. Um, so I think first to really to start out, we the first question we thought about is really to our listeners, you know, should we be talking about mental health with our kids? And and if so, what age should we be doing that? And and maybe even talking about some of the reasons why we don't talk about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a really good question to ask. And, and a lot of families might be kind of worried about, well, you know, is it okay to talk about mental health with my kids? Might this kind of plant the seed of, mm-hmm. of challenges? Might this, if I start talking about w- being worried, might this make them more worried? If I talk, start mm-hmm. talking about feeling sad, might this actually make them feel sad? Um, but, but I think you can talk about mental health and uh, and just like with physical health, as, as early as they're kind of able to understand, um, of, of course, the, the language that you use is probably going to be different depending on the age of your child, right? But even talking about just, just, just being open to talking about how you're feeling, what you see in them, and how you're kind of guessing that they might be feeling, uh, using language that's understandable to them, the earlier you start talking about it, the more that they will start sharing that information and feel comfortable sharing that information with you, and also feel comfortable that it's okay to have feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very, very often we we might be uncomfortable. Oh, I, well, we we only don't want to talk about the the quote unquote good stuff, right? Because we want our yeah. kids to be happy, and of course, that's you know, parents' ultimate goal is for our kids to be happy, right? And so that might lead to an avoidance of talking about everything that's a little more, more cringy or more difficult. Or, um, but but being free to talk about it, even in under in, in simple language, lets them know. Well, I'm allowed to have this feeling. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I'm. I want to, I want to have this feeling or I'm going to have it all the time, but, but it's okay. And then it's okay to talk about it with my, my parents and caregivers too. Mm, yeah. yeah. And great. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Angie. I was just going to share an example of what you're talking about, Darren. There's a song that's out right now that is, I don't know if you guys have heard it. It's like, I'm a little bit tired of life, but mm. something, something I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. And one of my kids brought that up and said, do you like this song, mom? And I, I I was just thinking about it. My initial reaction is, oh gosh, you know, they're talking about depression and things like that. Mm-hmm. Then I thought for a minute, if I were, if this was a song 20 years ago, I think the consensus might be, well, let's not listen to that song. Right. But right. as I'm thinking about it in real time and kind of processing, huh, this is actually a really good opportunity to talk about, you know what? People are not happy all the time, every second of the day, and that's okay. We have, so we had a dis- actually a really good discussion to kind of normalize it. Yeah, we have these peaks and valleys and, you know, we know that we're going to rebound if we're having a rough day. And sometimes we just have a case of the Mondays and the blahs and mm-hmm. that's okay. That's just part of being human. And so I was kind of really embracing this moment. It actually turned out to be a really good thing to have an open discussion with with my kids about it. 
Yeah, that's that's similar to what I was going to say, although I haven't heard of that song, but now I feel like I'm going to have to look it up and probably half our listeners will be like, what? what song is she talking about? I'm going to use that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking that, you know, what I'm hearing is to make it more normal, quote unquote, normal to have these feelings. So then when a kid has a feeling like they are anxious, but they can't label it or they're feeling nervous or they're worried or they're sad, they then can can start to no, okay, this is a completely normal feeling. And so it's not scary because if we just push it aside and we're like, oh no, no, we, you know, let's not talk about it. Then maybe when they face it head on, then they would be really worried because they're not sure that it's normal to feel that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes if we're really kind of uncomfortable talking about those feelings that are the quote unquote, the not good feelings, right. Or just the feelings that don't make us feel great. Then And we say, oh, well, I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be glad. Right. I'm supposed to think that everything's unicorns and rainbows. Then, then what does that do? Does that really get rid of those feelings? No, it probably adds on even more crumminess, right? Mm-hmm. Because now mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit sad or feeling a little bit nervous. And now I feel guilty or bad about feeling sad or nervous or just questioning who I am and, and what I'm feeling. And, and that's maybe even more uncomfortable, Right. Mm-hmm. So um, having that conversation that sometimes you're going to feel a certain way and that's OK, that doesn't mean you're going to feel that way all the time or you want to feel that way or you can't do things to try to feel better. You're not accepting it and just kind of, you know, waddling in the mud, but mm-hmm. you're at least allowing yourself to have that feeling. And then that gets you to the, the action mode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and one of the things, Angela, Angela, you mentioned that is really great is that you know, sometimes you feel good and and that goes away. And sometimes you feel not so good and that goes away, right? So using that as part of the conversation, you know, no one is happy all the time, but people feel happy, but every once in a while things shift. And that could happen if you're feeling bad or sad or frustrated too. You might feel bad or sad or frustrated right now, but Mm -hmm. you know, things can change. Circumstances could change. Something can happen that could help you to get out of that slump. And so so understanding kind of the temporary nature of feelings mm-hmm. helps you to understand, you know, one, it's okay to have them. Two, you're not stuck. And then three, you can get more into that action mode. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I love that. And as you were saying, and I was like picturing, I'm all about visual support. So I'm like, oh, we can make a little chart that's like, oh, I'm here right now, but I'm only going to be here a little bit. And then maybe I'll go back to here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Cool. Well, so I think another question that comes up a lot in families that we work with, all three of us, you know, are working with mm-hmm. families every day. And, and Darren, you probably hear this sometimes too, is how, talk, maybe you could talk a little bit about the landscape of mental health and mental health challenges. Has it changed over time? Our rates of depression and anxiety and so on, are, are, has it always been there? Is, is it on the rise? Maybe what's going on right now? It's, it's a really great question, and I don't have a great answer for it. I can just kind of give my, my guesses and what I'm reading about and what I'm hearing about, right? But I, mm-hmm. I think I think depression's always been, always been there. Anxiety, you know, a lot of the mental health challenges that we hear about today, it's not like these are brand new. 
Um, but there's probably a number of things that are different now than maybe before, right? So the workday is very different nowadays than it used to be, although stress for work was always there, right? Um, you know, the responsibilities that we have, financial obligations are maybe a, a little different nowadays than what they used to be, but they were always, they were always there. Um, but there's probably a lot of things contributing to the conversation and openness related to all these mental health issues, right? So whereas before, if you were depressed, you probably said, well, we got to keep that to yourself because number one, that's a sign of weakness um, mm -hmm. or no one needs to hear that. Or if you mm -hmm. feel depressed and you acknowledge it, then that's feeding it. So you better cut mm -hmm. that out pretty quick um, because mm -hmm. no, one, no one needs that for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Whereas now it's so much more open. Like you have songs like the one that, that you were mentioning that openly talk about depression or anxiety or what have you. And it's so much more a part of our, our culture and our conversation that it's more comfortable to talk about. The stigma related to mental health issues, it's still there, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but it's much less than it was before. And social media has both contributed to this and been of, in, in a good way and probably a not so good way, right? Yeah. So one of the nice things about being able to share things like through podcasts or online on, on different social media groups is that people can hear that maybe they're not necessarily alone in their experience as, mm -hmm. as they were before. Because before, you really might have felt like you were on a bit of an island of, oh, I feel this way. I bet I'm the only one. Why, why can't I just yeah. experience this and be feel good about it? Whereas now you hear about, oh my gosh, I'm not, this isn't just me, right? There's other people who might feel that way. And there's some, there's some comfort in that, or maybe mm -hmm. there's um, some inspiration to, to get some help or to talk about it more, which can be really great. Um, but then the downside with social media is that it can be a really, really big burden, right? Uh, we, you know, yeah. people can get beat up pretty bad in social media, or they can get some, some ideas that aren't really healthy or, or helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, social media in particular, I think, especially for that tween and, and teen years, mm -hmm. that's a real tricky one. I know a lot mm -hmm. of parents are, you know, are fearful of social media right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was going to say, too. And I think it goes into the next question that we had. Um, I hear about this all the time. And I think you, you guys probably do too on your calls. But I get asked a lot, how do I know when I should be concerned about my child? And I think social media also plays a big role here, right? Like how, how much time should my child be on social media? What, how do I monitor what they're watching? That's obviously or listening to or seeing um, part of it. But I think along with that, you know, how do I know when I should just be concerned? What kind of signs could I look for to know maybe my child's mental health is not where I might want it to be? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that is probably going to be very in, uh, individualized, right? Because everybody's a little bit different. Everybody deals with and manages physical health and mental health mm -hmm. very differently. Um, so the first tip, I guess, or thing to think about with that, I, I, I would say is, you know, you're the expert in your kid more so than anybody else, even with people with a bunch of letters after their name. Right. Mm -hmm. So understanding that, you know, you, you know, your child and you know what feels off or doesn't feel right. Um, that's that's good evidence right don't don't discount that mm -hmm. um you know it could just be quote unquote a phase that's certainly <laughs> certainly could be the case mm -hmm. but but being being open to hey this feels like this is different this feels like a red flag um having that be a sign of maybe exploring more might be a good idea right mm -hmm. um but a lot of the signs of 
of concern when it comes to mental health for, for kids and teens are, are pretty similar to what we would look for in, in adults, just kind of uh, applied, applied to that, that younger age group. So um, one of the biggest, especially for depression, is lack of pleasure in things that used to be, be seen as pleasurable or, or mm-hmm. unwillingness or not wanting to, maybe that's a better way of saying it, not wanting to participate in things mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Um, that you used to find really enjoyable. Um, you know, especially when you're depressed, you know, it just doesn't seem as good anymore. It doesn't seem as cool. It doesn't seem as fun. Or you say, oh, this isn't going to help, or I'm going to be terrible at this. So what's the point? Um, so you, you get a, a lot of that. And, and you might see that in individuals who are experiencing some sadness or depression. So if you're seeing that in, in your kids, especially your, your teens or, or younger kids, then that might be something to, to look into or raise an eyebrow about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing, though, with, with kids and teens that might be a little bit different is the, the bullying experience might be a little different for them than what you might see for an adult. So usually if an adult doesn't, you know, feel like going golfing anymore, doesn't, you know, usually like to go to the gym and just doesn't feel like it, or <laughs> used to love to go on walks and just doesn't feel like it, you know, there, there's, there's a different type of social exposure that happens there for adults there mm-hmm. with, with teens, because a lot of their enjoyable and fun activities happen to be social based, right? So you're mm-hmm, going, yeah. you're playing on a sports team at school, um, or you're going to the park or something like that, right? Maybe meeting up with friends, especially for, you know, the tweens and teens kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that social interaction component might be playing a part in their their want or willingness to to do that. Um, and, and it could all be tied in with mental health as well. And that certainly contributes. So that could be something to look into too. Mm. That's a good distinction, I think, between Adults and kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. just that social component. I'm also thinking too, something you said earlier made a lot of sense to me, which is you have to know your child. You have to kind of trust your gut and you you know your child's personality or their demeanor, right? And there are some kids that are just naturally more calm, not so energetic. Mm-hmm. I know for my kids in particular, they're very energetic, very talkative, right? So I could pinpoint if there was an issue, I could pinpoint if someone's all of a a sudden their personality is changing and they're withdrawn, that would immediately be a red flag Mm -hmm. to me, you know, Mm -hmm. where some other kids that they're just a little bit more kind of low energy in in general, right? So knowing your kid, I think is really important. That's a, that's a good takeaway for me. Yeah. And and I think one thing that that's, that's helpful. And you kind of mentioned like, this is something you do a lot at home is the more that you kind of talk about how you're feeling or your mental health in general, just throughout the day, the more comfortable it can be or easier, I guess it could be to have those conversations when you're a little worried, right? Mm -hmm. If you're never talking about how you're feeling and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, something's, I think something might be going on with my kid. And then you say, Hey, are you feeling okay? You look a little off, buddy. Everything all right? Even if you have like the greatest opener in the world and you're coming from a place of love and support, they might just be like, yeah, I'm fine. Right. Because, or, or it might even be like, well, what are you asking me about this? Then I must be really messed up if you're asking yeah. me about this. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but if you, if you kind of normalize that conversation uh, for lack of a better term, is just, well, we talk about how we're feeling all the time. Like, Hey, what's going on? Hey, feeling good, bad, and everything in between. Then if something mm-hmm. is up, then it's, it's less of, it's still a good conversation, but it's less of a hill to climb to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might be more inclined to open up to you and mm-hmm. share what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's a, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I was just going to say, cause I get a lot, um, 
with particularly teens, right? It's like, well, my teen doesn't ever want to talk to me. Even if I say like, how are you doing? They're like, I'm fine. (laughs) And I'm worried and all that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I think this is is good because you start discussing it at some point, you know, and Mm -hmm. and even, you know, our listeners now who are like, oh no, I have a teen. Um, Obviously it's not too late, you know, just start putting it out there now. I think you could do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I realize even as I'm talking that, you know, we could have people who are listening and who are like, I, I missed the boat. The window's closed. Mm-hmm. I'm now, now, now we're stuck. We're, you right. know, I haven't been talking about mental health with my kid and now I'm concerned. So does that mean, well, I guess this is how we live now. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, I, I think there's always that, that opportunity to, to open the door. You might just have to open it a crack first, right? And kind of mm-hmm. peek in and then it might yeah. close again. And then you open it a little bit more and it closes again. But even just that first conversation of like, hey, everything okay? Or like, you know, if you ever want to chat with me or you ever want to talk to someone um, or if something's mm-hmm. up, I, I, you know, even if it, even if you want to tell me, I just want to talk to you about this and I do not want advice, mm-hmm. right? right. <laughs> and being, being yes. as a parent, being upset, receptive to that, because I know as a parent, I'm going to say like, well, here's what you can do. I want right. to help. Um, but <laughs> sometimes, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. give it, giving your child, yeah, exactly. Here's the tips. Give, giving your child that allowance to say like, I really just need to have this be heard and mm-hmm. not not interpreted or anything. Um, maybe, maybe opening up like that, that could help to, you know, that little, that little crack in the, in the door. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes even for your kid, just knowing, oh, okay. Like, it's okay that I feel this way, even though you're not, I don't want to feel this way, but it's okay that I have a feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and my parent is not mad at me because I don't feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're going to love me either way. And they're, they're open to hearing me, even if I don't want to talk to them. Right. Uh, yep. And it's kind of mm-hmm. on my terms, but they're there. That's that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like keep trying, even if they're shutting you down, continuing to say, well, I'm here, I'm here. And eventually mm-hmm. they might actually do it. And I think, you know, something else that is important is saying, how can I be helpful? Right. So a little bit to what you were talking about. It's not that you're diving into tips because maybe they just want a sounding board. So mm-hmm. What we do sometimes in our house is, well, what would be helpful right now? Do you want me to just listen? Do you do you want me to help you kind of brainstorm some ideas? I do this with my husband too. Because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I just want to complain, you know? And he goes into uh he immediately goes into Fix it mode. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I don't want I don't want the solutions. I just want you to say, oh, that sounds like a really bad day, right? And and then I just feel just much better right after that. Right. And I think we can apply that too, especially to teens. Do you, yes. do you want to just listen? Do you want me to just listen? Or even do you want me to help you find a, a professional that you can mm-hmm. speak to if you feel better going that route as well? We didn't really dive too much into that, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. especially these days, mental health stigma is really starting to be broken down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the EAP program, there's a lot of different types of mental health professionals out there in the world and with remote or uh, telehealth, there's just so many more opportunities now. It's just so much easier. Um, and so that's, you know, an area too that parents can explore. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think last time we chatted on, on the show, we, we kind of talked about that a little bit too, is that, you know, a lot of families might feel kind of uncomfortable saying like, do you want to talk to a therapist or do you want to talk to a psychologist? And because mm-hmm. they're worried that that's going to be interpreted as insulting, maybe because there's still a little bit of that stigma there mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. oh, my kid's going to think I really think something's wrong with them. If mm-hmm. I say you're going to, you know, you, I, I think it might be good if you talk to somebody who's a professional. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, 
the the avenue to have that conversation might not be wow something's wrong so you need big help but it could it could be more like well you know what i know i'm your mom and or i'm your dad and i love to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about but i also know like with my folks my parents i didn't really want to talk to them about everything just because yeah. they were my parent yeah. right and i didn't feel comfortable and or i felt like i had to think about how i was going to say something because i was kind of thinking about how they were going to interpret it mm -hmm. but the job of a therapist is to just kind of be there for you and they don't know you at all beyond what you go into the door and go into the session with them for. So um, there's less of that kind of worry, concern and judgment because they're a professional who's there to talk to you about this exact thing without you having to worry about if you're going to hurt their feelings or, or, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And plus, because they've gone to school for this and they've seen they've had training for this and worked with individuals with a lot of similar challenges, they might have some better ideas than what I have as a parent right. um, yeah. and might have some really good suggestions. And, and I'm okay with not knowing all the answers because there's some great support of people who might have some of these answers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And it actually goes back to, I don't remember if it was our last podcast episode or the one before that, where we were talking about like, as parents, it's okay to say, I don't know everything. Right. So this is just mm -hmm. kind of goes off of that conversation where you're, again, you're modeling really appropriate behavior to say, Hey, you know, I don't know if I can help you as well in this area as maybe someone else. So let's go see who can. And I think that that's mm -hmm. just really showing that it's okay to ask for help. And that's a mm -hmm. common theme that I get in lots of calls with families, but it's okay to ask for help sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and one of the things that you touched on, which I think is really powerful too, is kind of having that, that openness with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to feelings, because even saying like, oh, wow, I was really frustrated or I was really nervous mm -hmm. or, oh, I got this big meeting tomorrow that, that, you know, I'm, I'm just not, I, I feel like I'm just not going to do really well with it. And, you know, I know all my stuff, but I just have that feeling that I'm, I'm it's going to be going bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of like what I could do to feel better, you know, having those conversations like around your child, you know, mm -hmm. that doesn't, it's not a sign of weakness, it, you know, and that's what I think the thought used to be is like, if I, if there's a, a, a break in the armor, then my kid can't see that they need to see that I'm a pinnacle of mental health. And uh, <laughs> right. that way, that's what they can strive to be as well. But if you show, hey, I have feelings too, then it, it, it naturalizes it, it normalizes it for them, and also yeah. opens up the door for that, that conversation. You know, sometimes I feel nervous too. And when I do, sometimes I might get a little bit more angry than normal. So sometimes yeah, I'm not really right. angry, I'm just a little nervous, or I'm just a little mm -hmm. worried. And what I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that I can like take that deep breath and not just, you know, do what I can do for myself in, in those cases. And that, you know, maybe gives some ideas and suggestions for them too. Yeah, it's good modeling. Yeah, and good self-awareness. I yeah, exactly. We just you know, talked about this in some content that we're creating. And that's a, that's one of the things we talked about is that on the contrary, you're actually showing some really amazing social emotional skills as opposed to showing weakness and mm -hmm. can really go a long way. Mm -hmm. Well, that actually kind of goes into our last question, which is maybe you can leave our listeners with a couple tips on how we can support mm -hmm. our kids' mental health on the home front. Yeah, so <laughs> we we talked about a lot of this actually already. So mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty cool. I think we covered a lot of these, but but um, putting them into like tip form, I think, is super helpful. Yeah. Or takeaways, um, so, like no, recaps, kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the first one that I was going to mention is actually uh, Angela. Just to, just what you said, which is taking care of your own 
mental health, being okay mm-hmm. with that, and then modeling that for your for your kids, right? So they, whether you know it or not, they they do look to you, uh, and they are kind of seeing how you're handling things and and what you're doing, and maybe some of the lessons they learn is, hey, I could do this too, or nah, I don't want to handle things that way, right? <laughs> but but right. either way, you're 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 being watched um, in, in a good <laughs> way. Um, so so modeling that that importance of mental health and that it's okay to have concerns related to your mental health. It's okay to feel and modeling that for your child. That's probably tip number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second one is kind of going back to what we talked about before is just being open to that and that discussion mention feeling words regularly, right? Have conversations mm-hmm. about, you know, some of the things I talk about is like, act like you're your own narrator for a detective novel, right? Mm-hmm. So like, as you're cooking dinner to me, like, oh, wow, I'm really excited about this meal. We've, we had it before, but you know, I hope it turns out well, right? So having, using feeling words, having discussions about how you're feeling, opening up that conversation can be really powerful because number one, it goes back to modeling, but but also that allowance. It's okay mm-hmm. to feel something. You're mm-hmm. allowed to feel whatever you feel. And, um, you know, you can't often help how you feel, right? I, how many people have said, well, just stop being sad. Oh, okay, great. There goes that entire, <laughs> there goes that entire profession, right? If it was that easy to just stop being sad, I would be in a different, <laughs> different line of work. Um, so, so it doesn't often work that way, but being able to, to, be okay with having feelings and discuss those feelings. I, I think it is really important, um, and that might depend on how old your kid is and their their communication capabilities, right? Um, that movie, the the Pixar movie Inside Out, I think is yeah. a really cool example. Yes. Like when they, she starts out, it's just happy, uh, happy anger, um, scared, and sadness, and and those are kind of where young kids are and being able to describe and even identify their emotions. How do you feel? I don't know. And then eventually they get, I feel sad. That's what this is. And then Mm -hmm. as they get older, sadness or anger becomes kind of like frustrated or uh, fear becomes kind of like worry. And those are two different things, but we don't really get them until we get a little bit older. We don't really understand it until we get a little bit older. So Mm -hmm. kind of uh, modifying your language, the, the, the more your kids are able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The other tip I think is, in, involve as much as possible and as much as appropriate, uh, involve your kids in kind of the decision-making process, right? So, so give them opportunities to make choices about the things that they do um, that you're okay with, right? So you don't want to say, like, if, if they have to do their homework, you probably wouldn't say, okay, do you want to do your homework or not? And then they say, no, I don't want to do my homework. It's like, well, tough, you're doing it anyway. Right. So, so maybe that's not, <laughs> that's not a great, a great choice, but you know, um, if there's different extracurricular activities, if there's different, you know, social events that they're going to participate in or not, and you're kind of okay with whatever the choice might be, right? Do you want to play soccer or basketball? You want them to play a sport, you know, they, they, there's an after school uh, option, give them the choice of maybe one, one versus the other, because that can build a lot of acceptance, um, a lot of individuality, a lot of in- independence, and most importantly, autonomy and feeling like you have kind of that control over your own decision making. Um, mm-hmm. And they might ask your opinion, which is which is great, <laughs> which is yeah. icing on the cake. Um, yeah. And then and then the last the last tip is just really thinking about um, you know getting that professional help uh, uh, if if you need it. And mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Angela, you, you you mentioned this before, but kind of likening mental health more so to, to physical health and more and more we're starting to understand that they're not so 
so different um, mm-hmm. and that the importance of each is not so different. And, you know, we're very comfortable going to a doctor for our, for our checkups. And, you know, if we feel sick, we might go and uh, go to the doctor to make sure that we're, that we're okay from a physical perspective, but there's still a little bit of that stigma of going and seeing a professional because we don't feel optimal from a mental health perspective. Right. Um, so, you know, the more, the most common health challenges really are mental health challenges. The most common reasons why adults end up missing work are really mental health challenges. Mm-hmm, so, right. you know, there, it's much more of an issue that we feel comfortable talking about, but it's just as, it's just as important. And there's there that mental health can really affect the physical health too. So mm-hmm. being okay with just kind of calling it health, uh, and yeah. saying like, Hey, I'm doing something for my health. Um, and getting some, getting some professional help, uh, for whether, whichever type of health it is, uh, mm-hmm. can be really helpful. Nice. Yeah. There's so much crossover between mm-hmm. physical and mental. Well, I feel, I, I feel confident or comfortable saying that I feel great about what I learned today. I'm feeling very happy about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, me too. Awesome. It's always so great to have you here. I wish we could have you like once a month. I'm just going to oh, bring on in yeah. Darren. Come Thanks. on. <laughs> Teach well, me something. Me Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And um, thank you, everyone, for joining us for our 23rd episode of Behaviorally Speaking. On our next episode, we will be discussing impulse control. So join us for that one. Um, Until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Brought to you by Will, a Rethink Division. Find out more at will.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day.